Sweet as Honey, the podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Sweetest Honey Podcast. <laughs> Sweetest Honey, the podcast. 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 <laughs> um, uh, we are super excited to be back with another episode, and we have a really, really cool guest. I'm very excited for you all to hear from this person's perspective and to learn a little bit. Um, I'm just super excited to have another discussion. Um, if you can hear the inflection in my voice and I sound like I might want to cry a little bit, it is because I do. Um, we <laughs> have just gotten through doing this entire episode and then my computer like ate it i have no idea where it is and our gracious guest has been like no it's totally fine and so if you hear any sniffling in the background it'll it, it's okay i'm fine, it's okay. <laughs> fine. It's fine. It's fine. she's fine it's fine it's fine um so let's just kick it off by introducing our guest brand brand tell us about yourself introduce yourself um i'm brand I am an internet friend, and um, <laughs> I was invited to come on here, and I'm happy to be here. Um, and let's get this uh, for the second time through, but I think that this time will be even better. It was meant to be. We're supposed yeah. to do it this way. Excuse so, me. Um, we, we were just chatting. I'm brand. I'm, a, I'm an internet friend, um, <laughs> and I'm happy to be here, and we're going to have a great discussion about whatever we decide to discuss. Yo, Yar. So, like we do at the top of every episode, babe, what's been new for you this week? Well, a lot of work. Work, 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 and webinars, and then some more work. Send me happy work, 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 Yeah, that was like the theme song for my week. Uh, (laughs) And then we got to end the week, as you reminded in the first uh, recording of this, uh, (laughs) that we got, we had our very first social distancing, uh, like, outing. Um, So we got to, we... It was an inning? An inning? (laughs) Like baseball? <laughs> or like baseball. Uh, I mean, baseball did start back. Anyway, um, but we got to go hang out with uh, some friends of ours after they graciously cleaned their entire home and we social distanced the whole time, got to play some music and stuff yeah. and just enjoy Fun. creating some music together and yeah. just playing and uh, enjoying each other's company overall. Yeah. So I don't it's know the that y'all will be able time. to have any footage of that because um, no. sometimes the sound of my voice is super cringe to me. Uh, but, no, I uh, think that it's fantastic. Oh, but. thanks. But it was a good time. All of y'all are such music nerds. And, we are. you know, a lot of y'all have, like, classic training and, um, well, cl- like, a classical background. Yeah. And um, you've been formally trained. Mm-hmm. And I'm more of a, you know, kind of feel it out naturally. I can teach myself some chords and kind of tinker a little bit. But I feel like I held my own pretty well. You held your own very well. Also, you're much better at guitar now than I am. Uh, so, like, you have put in the work and consistently play, and it's been fun for you. Whereas, like, most of the time for me, you're like, do you want to play music? And I'm like, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, just because, like, I had to do it for so long that it just... It's 10, 10 plus years later, I'm still trying to find my love for it again. Yeah. Uh, for it to be fun, because right now it just... some t- Occasionally it makes me just want to, like, pull all my hair out. Yeah. But we got, it was a good time. Yeah. And uh, I enjoyed playing with all of y'all. Yeah. So. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, so our week has been that. the same. Yeah. Um, I've just been feeling a little out of sorts a little bit. But yeah. aside from that, pretty much the same for me. Yeah. Brand, how's your week been? Tell us about your week. Um, my week has been, uh, it hasn't been too bad. Um, I fractured my right foot, so I kind of have cabin oh, fever. I'm not able to go on uh, these daily walks I like to take oh. um, on these trails that are really great by my house. But I mean, other than that, um, 
I'm all right. I'm all right. Like, I'm doing okay. Watching a lot of movies and listening to a lot of books. But, uh, <laughs> any good right. Any good movie recommendations from your latest binge sessions? Um, I have not quite finished uh, Blackest King, the Beyonce thing on Disney+, Plus, but mm-hmm. um, it is definitely visually pleasing. Oh. Um, I don't know what it's supposed to be about. <laughs> I'm not like a... I'm not like a Beyonce stan like that. Me neither. But, um, I mean, I, I don't dislike her, but I don't know what it's about. But, I mean, what I've watched of it, the 90%, I think I'm almost done with it. It's been quite pleasing to watch. Um, I feel very proud to be black watching it. But, I mean, uh, cool. that wasn't too bad. And other than that, I've just been re-watching things. I um, watched uh, Up before I started that. So I, love I really that enjoy movie. that. It's yeah. so it just makes me cry yes. so much. It's so cute and uh, it will definitely put you through every emotion. All of them, yes. You know, Disney Pixar movies are good for. Yes. You know, the first five minutes I was crying, it's always sad when you find out she couldn't have kids. <laughs> no. So um, so it was uh, uh, definitely that. But um I will watch anything once if it's, you know, I'll give anything a chance, but that was those are the last two things that I I viewed. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Up yeah. sounds like it would be a really good, like your crying would be a nice catharsis considering like <laughs> what's happening around us right now. Right? Exactly, exactly. Right? I, I don't mind crying about something like that. Yeah, man, and I can't imagine yeah. uh, being. You know, I I bet you feel even more stuck than you did before uh, with your foot being broken. Now you can't go outside, and that's how you know Tiffany would always come back and tell me about like you have to see brand you have to see him just watch this story Look and she'd show me your story of you walking outside and you wouldn't be saying anything you're just smiling and she was like just look how cute he is like he just looks so happy i can feel it and i'd be like yeah babe like he looks happy i don't <laughs> i was like yes, i'm so glad those, uh, to each their own what brings you joy um but, but like I spoke about before, it's always nice to know that that small thing that bring, brings me so much happiness doing that on a daily when I, when I was able to before I fractured my foot, how knowing that to other people that little, you know, however long, because I don't think I ever made anything longer than 45 seconds, you know, just me nope. being happy would bring yep. a little joy to somebody else. Uh-huh. And that's always good to know. Um but I definitely at the same time can be like you being like, oh, you're showing me this because he's walking. So I mean, I, I could see that you were happy. I just, I don't have those those vibes, like that empath vibes that Tiffany has where she can just pick these up off people and feel their energy online and stuff like that. I'm just like, oh, he, he, he looks happy and smiling. Like, I'm glad that you're enjoying that. <laughs> Um, but I'm also the asshole where she'll be like dying laughing at something and she'll be like, babe, look at this. This is so funny. And I'll be, I won't laugh. Yeah. Mm, so. See, I see I'm, I'm right in between both of you. I'm, I can definitely see worst. it from both perspectives, but I definitely will pull the whole, I'm glad you think it's a funny thing. So I, 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 I definitely can feel you on that. But, um, you said you, you like it. I love yeah. it. You, you mad weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you like it. You like, oh, you like it. Oh, I love that you like it, but I don't, I really don't give a fuck. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I'd be like, "Fuck you, babe, that was funny." <laughs> You'd be like, "Sure." Yeah. I, I feel similarly yeah. about all the plants yeah. in the house. Like they look pretty, but they bring you so much joy to where I'm like, "Sure, you can add fifty more plants to our house, whatever, as long as I just have room to lay down on the bed." That's yeah. all I'm asking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I'm with the plants too. I love the aesthetic of plants, but I only have one live plant, and uh, I'm surprised I've kept it alive. I have an aloe plant that's kept alive i do not have a green thumb uh all the other plants that i have are artificial Mm. uh i you plant people are a special breed right you know that you'll take them into the bathroom and wash them all that stuff yeah i don't that's not yeah no and usually she over communicates with me when she moves in places so i'm not like babe what the fuck but there was one morning where i went to get in the shower to get ready for work and the plant was sitting in there and i was like what the fuck do i do with this like where do i put it what (laughs) i just need to take a shower yeah like that's that's one of those things that uh um, I don't I don't know if we spoke about this, but I live with my best friend and I'm on one side of the house and she's on the other mm-hmm. side of the house. But when we we lived together for a long time, um, when we lived in the other place, we had to share a bathroom in Chicago and she would have like, you know, she would have her plants in there sometimes, but it would almost be the same feeling like when somebody like has a bra somewhere or something. I mean, what am I, do I touch it? Do I ask you to move it? What am I supposed to do with it? Like, they're so Uh, personal, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just like, uh, I definitely understand being like, I don't, can the plant be moved out of here now? Or do I have to shower with it? Like, is that the point? Like, were you trying to tell me that I need to, like, to shower with the plant? talk to her. Yeah, she needs to Do I need to wash her, too? Like, I just didn't understand. So... Anyway, uh, so I'm with yeah. you about the, the plants. <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah. So you live in, you live where now? Um, right now I live in Durham, North Carolina. Okay. Where I live in a place called the Research Triangle, and literally some days it says I live in Raleigh, some days it says I live in Durham, some days if I Google it, it'll say I live in Morrisville. Oh. So I live in a place that's right on the, I'm right on the city lines of three different cities, but it's called the Research Triangle. There's lots of uh, tech places and mm. things that are, 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 when I walk on my walks, I'll pass uh, places like, um, there's a place called Bassa, and they do a lot of environmental things. Mm. And I literally, when I do my walks, I walk through there, but they have a butterfly sanctuary oh. that is absolutely amazing. And uh, I don't ever want to like move my phone around when I'm in there. But one day I, when, I, when I can go outside and walk again, I'll have to do a, a story of going in there. It's amazing. So Aww. I'm very lucky to, to live by all these trails. And a lot of the stuff is environmental um, companies where I live. And they do a lot of things to help with, you know, keeping it very, you know, nature centric. So um, I appreciate that. That's so great. And you're confused about yeah. why I smile watching him smile? Are you kidding me? Well, I mean, I understand it now, but when you just show me a stranger and they're just walking and smiling, what the fuck am I supposed to think? No, like, I definitely get it. Like, uh, it's one of those things where, like, you know you're supposed to, like, you know, respond in a positive way, but you're really thinking, like, 
I don't know this person. I don't exactly. know what's going on. I is something going to jump out? I need a reason for why. This, this is, is Allison's life in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, I feel like 30% of our communication is just me showing her strangers that I have some type <laughs> of relationship like, with. You know, look at this new person that I met on the internet that's now, we're best friends. And I'm like, oh, great. So uh, just let me know what so I need like, to know yeah, about they them. They live so in that- Italy. These are their cats. <laughs> 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 and that's and that's the fun of the, that's the fun of social social media bringing people into your life right uh, yeah. right like you know, uh, it's funny you really sometimes you really think you know somebody from what they show you yeah, yeah. and i mean in, so. and to an extent it's true right um but like yeah, to, to an extent to, and like that's one of the benefits of social media is being able to reach people and make connections that you wouldn't have been able to before mm-hmm. um and yes. also like during this pandemic time um like imagine how isolated like we all would have been had we not had social media mm-hmm. uh around so like it's got it's good and bads but there are most days i'm like oh i'm so sick of this shit let me just put it down because yeah <laughs> I mean, some days I'm so grateful to be able to say, you know, I can reach out to somebody that I wouldn't even, you know, be able to communicate with otherwise. Right. Um, Because I don't have their phone number now. I've made this connection, you know, like like us talking now, like we've made this connection to where we're able to communicate now because of social media. And that was something that, you know, I don't, how else would I have come in contact with you guys? Right. Right. I mean, you know, life happens and you do meet people and you know the meet you know in, in a very meet cute way in times but uh for the most part there's so many people in my life i can think of i wouldn't know my best friend if there it wasn't for social media so mm-hmm. um you know i'm very grateful for it and like you said it, it definitely has its, its pluses and minuses um but in this particular incident it's, i think that it's kept people communicating it's kept people alive yeah literally you know you know people need a connection and i think uh if anything it's taught me how much uh i say i'm an introvert and i don't need people i don't need to have this and i don't need to have that but i miss hugging my niece and nephew yeah yeah i miss uh you know getting to see people like uh when i was working i would get off work at 6 30 in the morning and when i'd get off work i'd go to a place called duck donuts and i'd get donuts for my niece and nephew before they went to school and I go hang out with them for like an hour or a half before they went to school. That's the most precious thing and I, Yeah, I did not realize how much I missed that because they are yeah. six and eight. Aww. And uh, they are little human beings that are so funny to me and just their personalities and they're growing up and getting to just hang out with them and them asking me questions and or just being in the same room with each other. Because sometimes I'd be on my phone and they'd be on their iPads and we'd just be happy to be in the room with each other. See, that's how I feel. to do that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same way and I identify with you a lot um, when it comes to your introvertedness because, like, I, uh, you know, out in, in the real world wouldn't collect people <laughs> and like would not no. make like wouldn't talk to people unless they talk to me first like it's just not my thing unless it's I a professional do. environment but meanwhile i've got this extrovert sitting next to me and she just as you know since you're one of these people now <laughs> collects people and you know will reach out and make this connection and then i get to be a part of that which is pretty cool but i can definitely understand you know missing the hugs like my parents are in their early 70s and uh immunocompromised so they haven't really left the house and 
I haven't gotten to give them a hug since this all started. Like and February. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah I don't, and it just makes me so sad. That, yeah, that, that makes me very sad for you. I mean, Thank like, you. the thing that I've learned since, what's funny is March 11th is when they kind of shut down stuff, and that's my birthday. Oh, um, well, that's so, a shit birthday present. <laughs> it, it was. It was very, it was... It was an extremely weird day that day uh, with everything that happened. It started off great and it kind of had a downhill thing from from there. But what I've learned is as much of an introvert as I am and how much I do things, you know, I can, when, you know, the first two months when people were going nuts, I was fine. I was like, this Same. is not that different than how my life is. You know yes. what I mean? I was like, this is not that different. It took all the things that I wasn't able to do to touch people, especially with my health, like, I was probably, there's probably a small percentage of people that their life didn't change. Like my job didn't stop. Um, yeah, my mind. work hours didn't change. Same. Um, yeah, nothing really changed. So it was like my life didn't really change. It was all these things that I took for complete granted that changed. Um, not being able to go on my walks or when I was walking when, it would happen I took for granted that in the morning time people go to work and yeah. when quarantine happened people weren't going to work so that trail that I was so happy to walk on in the morning would have 10 other people on it mm-hmm. um, Those damn people. things like that like if you just take for granted all the small things um, and I miss those things I miss being able to just decide to go do something without having to think about well okay did I bring a mask um, right. Is my anxiety going to kick up if I see somebody do something that I know is not safe for me and other people? Sneeze, um, sneeze and don't cover their damn mouth. Yeah, exactly. All these things that I never even had to think about beforehand, even with, you know, my health issues. I never had to think about these things before and now I do and or how I have to navigate things because of this. Um, and it's, you know, it's sad. It's sad sometimes, but... Uh, when I'm able to do those things again, ooh, am I going to, they're going to be monumental. Right? And, I know. Uh, those are going to be the best yeah. hugs that we've ever gotten. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so. man. I miss it a lot. Uh, and then, like, yeah. you know, if people would just wear their damn fucking masks for, yes. you know, the next yes. one or two months, like, we could get back to some semblance of normalcy. Like, it's never going to go back to the way that it was, but, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more normal. But you have, like... Y'all, I went to the grocery store today to just grab a couple things, and, um, you know, I did the self-checkout, and there was, a, um, a, you know, a line across from me, and it was a lady and her husband, and the lady had her mask on, but her husband didn't. He had it, like, down around his chin, so technically he had a mask, right? And so, like, because we're in such close proximity, I was like, hey, would you please mind putting your mask on? And he said, no, fuck you, you fucking liberal. And I was like, oh, well. Well, yeah, just completely unnecessary. Well, you have a great day, sir. Like, I'm just trying to protect my parents' groceries. Yeah, you're trying to, exactly, (laughs) trying to be safe for you and your family and whom else you might come in contact with and not get whatever he has. But I saw a meme, maybe maybe a couple of weeks into, like, heavy them saying you have to wear a mask, and it was somebody with underwears on but their penis was out yes and they're like that's that's what it's like not to wear a mask up over your face yes put the damn mask on i uh i gave that exact example on a conference call the other day and like forewarned i was like this is not an hr friendly example but i was i was the only woman on the call so like whatever 
And uh, yeah. still, I had to, like, over-explain it again. Because the one person that I was speaking to did not get it. What? And, and they were like, wow. what do you mean? What? Why would I pee? And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, this is not the point. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is not again, the point. Again, that's not the point. Like, you don't, you, you don't walk around with your penis out. That's the point. Like, <sighs> yep. You, 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 you so keep, it, you it, keep just, it covered up. Yeah. And, and, and you know, like, wow. Yeah, yeah I... Yeah, I commend you because I have a job where I, I am in a, in a, you know, a leadership role, but I don't have to deal with people like that. I couldn't deal with Whole Foods people like that. I work at Whole Foods. Oh. They are a different breed of folks. But <laughs> that's true. Um, I could not. Uh, I have it. I'm able to do it. I work quite well with strangers, but having to do it, yeah, no, I don't think I. I don't think I could do that. Because I commend you for even being an introvert and being able to be on a call and have to explain simple things to stupid people. I don't have to Oh, yeah. No, so, like, uh, personal me is very introverted, and then professional me has to be extroverted because a lot of the times I teach new hire classes and stuff like that. Um, So my work voice is normally like, hey, man, what's up? I need, let's get this done. You're doing a great job. Like, here's what you're doing great. And it's like typically a lot louder than Mm -hmm. my personal voice. Uh, So like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Enneagrams, but when I'm at work, I'm okay. So personally, I'm a type nine, like wholeheartedly avoid confrontation, really like to just chill out, uh, pretty go with the flow. Work me is like, you have to achieve, you have to get this done, you're going to be the best, you need people to tell you that you're the best, uh, and you're just, you're going to get shit done. That wing one. Yeah. Uh, well, it's more, Are yeah. you wing eight? Yeah, no, I'm a wing, yeah, I'm a wing one. Yeah. Nine, type nine, wing one. But yeah. nines, when they're uh, healthy, go mm-hmm. to three. Mm. So that's uh. where that, a lot of the con- times, like, I have consistently taken the Enneagram test multiple times to just like make sure right and a lot of times I get mistyped as a three because I'm in a healthy phase of my life gotcha so I I'm right there with you like I I, that's that's where it comes out but personally I'm like if I go to the grocery store and I just I don't want to talk to anybody so please leave me alone I'll leave you alone except for when you're not wearing your mask and that's where the wing one comes out where I'm like morally you're doing the wrong thing you fucking idiot so So there it is, <clears throat> and there we are, and that was my day. <laughs> if she just wow. told me that, I'd have been at Walmart because I do not be no. playing about stuff See, like that. See, and like, that's ooh. where, and that's where my type nine came back out. Where I was like, well, I can't really do anything about it, and I forgot about it from the time I got from the grocery store to home bef- to even tell Tiff about it. So ooh. Tiff would have been lit. Uh, he probably would have said some other ugly shit to me too oh, if he came at you like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, ass. no. Yeah, no. He definitely was the type that just casually says the n word. Oh yeah, so. for sure. Um, yeah, I could tell when he when mm-hmm. his his comeback to you was liberal. liberal. Mm-hmm. I was you like, fucking yeah, you liberal. definitely yeah. would have been. He, yeah. You, you def, he definitely wouldn't have pulled any punches with calling you a, a, a nigger with. Not even a blink of an eye. Oh, no, yeah. for sure. Like I'm surprised he didn't. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't call not, me a dyke. So there's not. there's lots of things <gasps> that it could have happened. Uh, but I mean, over it's an old white dude. Like, what's he gonna do anyway? So, but but that leads us into like you know the political climate as it is now and the Black Lives Matters movement and things coming back into play. And uh, you have a lot of intersectionality with that too. So tell us a little um, bit of about your views on that and how what your experience has been like and 
maybe a couple of experiences you've had with the police, if you can remember or recollect. Um, I will start with saying for whom I was listening, I am a trans man. So I spent 32 years of my life living as a black woman. Um, so I kind of have so many different perspectives on these things because I definitely have lived more than one life and being black in both of those, uh, it, it, there's so many things that are going on that I feel it in so many different ways. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm that's, that's, very, that's got yeah. You have two, two whole life experiences already. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, living in it as both, that's that's kind of crazy. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Um, I can say that, um, I don't think I spoke about this before, but I could say that my experience of living as a woman and then transitioning to a man uh, is probably not conventional as, as from what you've seen with other people. Um, I never had the, I never felt like being a woman was wrong. Mm-hmm. That just, I never had that experience. There's people who say, oh, from, there's definitely things that happened in my life up until me deciding to mm-hmm. transition um, that let me know that this is where I was going to be. Mm-hmm. But I never had a, oh, I hated being a woman. Mm-hmm. It was never that. Um, I just knew I was supposed to be a man. Mm, I got um, you. So my life up, up until I knew I needed to transition was living as mostly I lived in California as a black woman in Southern California and um, Mission Viejo, California. If anybody ever lived in California, if there's any listeners that live there, they know that that is about 10 minutes from Calabasas. Mm, So my experience of being a um, dark-skinned black woman in California is... I don't don't know how to describe that experience. Anybody from California that's... heavily melanated that that's lives there knows that is i got a lot of you're pretty for a black girl Ooh. and um uh oh you would be prettier if this or uh, you know uh, you're you're the good kind of black like those type no. of things so there's all those microaggressions and, and all these things that happened up until then so i have so many different perspectives on seeing where this movement has has gone and Mm. how it affects people and seeing the anger and vitriol and the feelings that people have. I have so many perspectives on why people feel that way and that it's all valid. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very surprised that um, it took this much for people to get to this point. But um, for me, I just, I see it so many different ways. I have so much, I don't have anger about it. I get angry about things, but I'm not angry about it. Um, I wouldn't trade any of the negative or positive experiences I've had for to be anybody else or any other. Um, But I just see it as some things are just supposed to be the way that they are. I just didn't think that it would take this long for other people to realize that it was this bad. Right. Yeah. Um, and you're absolutely so. right with that. Um, you know, that's one thing that I can speak to as a white person uh, going back to social media. That's something that's helped uh, me if, for my eyes to really open up because uh, yeah. I haven't been 
my white privilege has kept me safe and kept me in this little bubble mm-hmm. of I didn't realize that you uh you know for black people or any other people of color that the police would be could be bad mm-hmm. um you yeah. know yeah like people said stuff but until like I could physically see it through their eyes and their perspective uh that's really when it brought it to light for me and you know I'm ashamed to say that but I can recognize that as well mm-hmm. and uh so I mean- so I get. I don't think it's I, anything to be ashamed about. I think yeah. that, um, not to say that it's okay, but how are you supposed to know about something that doesn't affect you? Exactly. You know better, you do better. There's no yeah. reason yeah. to be ashamed so, about it. So, I mean, for so many people, you only know what you see. Mm-hmm. You only know what you know. Um, you don't seek out things that don't affect you. Yeah. Like I always, you know, I'll be talking to my best friend, she's white, um, and we'll be having conversations about things. And I'll be like, um, for example, it's much black history as I know I just recently found out where uh, clowns derived from. Uh-huh. Uh, in particular, the, the hobo looking clown mm-hmm. um, was, you know, blackface. And it got turned around into this. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was saying, like, I never liked clowns. Those are, you know, you know, people who are afraid of clowns and don't like clowns. I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. And I was saying to my best friend, I was saying, I would have never found this out without all this movement happening and somebody posting something in me inquiring about it. But when you don't know or aware of something, what do you seek it out? No, you have to have something happen for you to seek it out. And I was yeah. saying up until then, I never would have looked into where a clown derived from because I don't like them. Right. Why would I look into that? Yeah, so I don't you have like to clowns think of somebody either. is grown up their whole lives living with people that look like them and not having and the only uh glimpse they get into people who look like tiffany and i (laughs) are what the media shows you Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you believe that that's what's going on yep or if somebody gets killed and this is this is not me caping or saying this is an excuse i'm saying this is a reason Mm -hmm. um but if you only see, every time you see somebody get killed, some, the first thing the media is telling you is, well, this person had a record. Yeah, yep. what they you did know? wrong. It doesn't matter. They're the exact, fucking it, human. And it doesn't matter, but <laughs> you have to think, if you have nobody to say to you, should that matter, then how are you supposed to know? Right, exactly. so, right. And I mean, you know, like, so I mean, ugh, I know, it just still makes me feel very, like, the overwhelming guilt as a white person that I have, Mm -hmm. um, and just unlearning the, uh, behaviors or, you know, some of the, um, the covert racism that I have that I didn't recognize Mm -hmm. as such, like, it's, it's going to be a constant work in progress, but I, you know, I'm trying (laughs) and having these conversations and I appreciate y'all for being open to, to talking with me about it and just, you know, providing me with your perspective. Well, Um, that's because you're not asking somebody to teach you. You're wanting to learn. And that's already, you already have a a step up over people. Like, uh, I can say that when all the protesting started, I was still going to work and there's nothing more exhausting than somebody asking you what they need to do. Yep. Mm. And I had, I remember telling my best friend, I went to work and, you know, I work at Whole Foods and it's, they, it's diverse enough. Um, here where I live, there's, there's a good amount of, you know, black, white, other um, people, but where I work, there's maybe three black guys that work there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And all three of us, what was funny is we none of us said to each other anything. We all just kind of had a look that that day was very stressful mm, going yes. to work. Because I had no less than, and I work at night, so I don't even see everybody who I probably would have seen otherwise come up to me and ask me if I'm okay or ask me what they can do to be a better oh, ally. And I, because I was at work and I wasn't going to give my energy to that, I just let them know, thank you, and, you know, do better. And I left right. it real simple like that. But, you know, if they were asking me in my personal life and I really knew them, I would have been like, don't ask me shit. Like, you need <laughs> to figure it out. Right. You know, you need to figure that out. If you Any guilt that you're feeling has absolutely nothing to do with me. Yep. And if this was reversed, you would be telling me the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So think about it that way. And even but, take um, it a step further where, you know, we might have friends that are doing these things that even if it's they don't intend for it to be performative, to go back and do something like um, something as an activist, but then come back and have to tell you, like, look at all these things I did. Like they want to pack on the yeah, back. No, a pat on the back. That don't work either. Right. Like then, then you're, you're, you're not doing it for the right reason. Exactly. Um, and you know, what you do in the dark means a lot more to me. Exactly. You know, you know, I want to, I want to know that you're the person that if something happened and I just happened to walk up and somebody says something wild to somebody else, you're the person that says you shouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. And and not the person that's just at, doing it to have a, know? a story to tell so, on Facebook or on Instagram. that's why I say, you know, you're doing the right things because you haven't once said, I, you know, asking us what you should be doing. You have taken it upon yourself to be like, there's these things that I do that I realized now at this age that I've been doing or now at this moment that this mirror has shown to me that I do these things. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do them anymore. Yep. And I'm hoping that there's a lot more of you like that, other than you know, making excuses or asking somebody else what you should be doing or not wanting to do anything at all because they think it's fun. Yeah. So, um, not that I'm saying to you you need to give yourself a gold star, but you're doing the right thing. <laughs> and, right. And, and I mean, like, even and, this, and this is just me you know, and like you know supporting my wife mode because. Allison has been taking a lot of time to self-evaluate and be introspective and you've been getting a lot of books and reading a lot of books and if you want to discuss those books that's fine um you have made it a very um a point to let me know like okay like if I want you know are, are you comfortable talking about this if I have questions about something and I'm like of course you can always come to me but even still you're still utilize you're looking up articles you're looking up resources you're going and doing all these other things you're learning from the conversations we have with other people so yes like that's what doing the work means it's not just like mm-hmm. somebody else go ahead and just teach me because it's your responsibility yeah. to help me unlearn racism thanks black people <laughs> yeah, yeah so it's like um you know it's one of those things that you, your intentions are where they need to be exactly. so i mean you're already 10 steps ahead of people you know like mm-hmm. and you could have the most well-intentioned and, and, and think you're on the right side of things and still learn things like i said my, oh, my best yeah. friend is white mm-hmm. and she is very very uh knows a lot of things that, that i don't even know um, and that's because it's important for her to know, but there's still things that I tell her, I'm like, you're privileged just living your life. There's things that you can do that I could never do. And there's things that happen when we're together that I could, I feel more comfortable with you being there with me, just in proximity, 
Mm-hmm. And I know things will go differently because somebody wouldn't let something happen to you. And yeah. me being there, just being adjacent to you is going to help me. And her realizing that, you know, when I would make jokes about stuff, you know, like being like, oh, there goes your white woman of privilege jumping out like that. It was half of it was a, a joke and half of it was true. And, you know, there's just things that you don't even think about living in your skin that that will make it where it's a privilege that you don't even realize sometimes. And um, I mean, I can sympathize with you because like I said, I've lived my life in two different genders and living as a, a, a black woman in Southern California and living as a black man in Southern California and in Chicago, was it's completely different. You know, uh, male privilege um, is a thing and uh, black men getting treated wild for no reason is a thing that I don't think people realize and it was one of those things that I didn't think it was a miss. I'd seen things happen to friends and my mm-hmm. father and other people, but until it happens to you, uh, it's definitely something that um, I could see somebody on the outside looking and saying, stop saying that this is that way. It really doesn't work that way. No, it's, it's a real thing. <laughs> right. Um, and I'm not just telling you that because it's something yeah, I saw. Like, I'm telling you that because I've yeah. lived it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a real thing to have somebody uh, pull you over and tell you because they believe you stole your own car. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's that joke that Chris Rock said that he was like, I wasn't even sure he's like, I wasn't sure if I did something wrong and I knew I was in my own car. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things where it just, it happens that way and it happens in this country a lot and a lot of the incidents that led to what happened happened from that ingrained, you know, all the way from, you know, um, why am I drawing a blank? What was that horrible movie that came out? Um, I can see it. And it was, uh, what was it about? It was, it's an old film, uh, with the, the clan and, um, and it has a, a black, a white woman in jumping off a cliff cause she'd rather jump off a cliff than have be raped by a black man. Oh um, my, Jesus Christ. I have no idea what you're talking movie. about. The old, old movie, uh. So every movie that was made before 19... Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation. Okay. Why was I thinking about that anyway? I was like, Um, is it this? Like, that's always the answer. Birth of a Nation (laughs) is, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that has been engraved since, you know, slavery ended that me being existing is a bad thing and that people don't realize they feel that way. Um, You know, it's a real thing to have somebody, like, grab their purse and or not want to get in the elevator with you or all these things that you live with your whole life that people don't realize those things. It's like, uh, what's a good example? It would be like having a, a whole big block of wood and all these little things that happen keep chipping away. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I am now at a toothpick. It's you know? so, a little splinter. Uh, yeah, so it's just like all these things that are happening and that do happen, they're real. And all the different perspectives are real, too. Um, So it's like I can see things from so many different perspectives, and it doesn't take away that I feel like this is definitely timely and needs to happen. Um, But I'm just very frightened that there's not enough 
people that feel the way your wife feels right. that she wants to be better and want to do better um, or even want to acknowledge that something needs to change. Right. And, yeah. um, people still don't like it. People still don't understand why Colin Kaepernick took the knee. Like he, they, they still don't get it and still feel that it's disrespectful it's, and like, exactly. And to me, I'm like, how can you not understand this at this point? Or even just talking um, about Black Lives Matter in general, where they still don't understand that what we want is just to have an, uh, an yeah. even playing field. It's not about black exactly. supremacy. They still are like yeah. arguing that, you know, yeah. they want black supremacy and they want to get rid of the white race. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, that doesn't have anything to I, do with it. We just don't, we just want to yeah. dismantle the system that was built to keep us impoverished right, and to keep us down. Right, but they think that like there's going to be an imbalance and that black people will take over and then white people would come become the minority and so what so the fuck what but Mm -hmm. besides the point and then like when i okay so there was a grocery trip that i did for my parents um a few weeks weeks ago ago, and i was wearing a black lives matter shirt Mm -hmm. and i got several like dirty looks just for wearing the shirt and i Mm -hmm. was like okay i'd like in you the week after you wore yours did you get any dirty looks from that Mm -mm. cool Okay, so now I kind of get a small glimpse into your world and how yeah. you're perceived all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like just that, that small thing, I was like, why the fuck are these people staring at me? And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. and it was a realization. But didn't you say you got like a, you, you got the nod? Oh yeah, I did get the <laughs> nod from several black people as well. They were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I yeah, mean. Yeah, because I, I mean, uh, my whole thing is when people being faced with something they haven't been faced with before. If, if black lives matter was going to be something where it was going to, uh, morph into black supremacy, just, if you can do basic math and a Google search, mm-hmm. you can see that there's no way on earth that that could happen. There's not enough of um, us. <laughs> there's not. And we killed them. Um, secondly, like, why wouldn't you want somebody to have the same rights as you? Where is that coming from that you are so opposed to that? Because mm-hmm. it's going to make know? them have to work harder. Their privilege isn't yeah. going to be to speak for them anymore. Yeah, it's ingrained. It's not- um, so not only is it is it that everyday experience <clears throat> that they're not wanting to change, but there's also like... Um, you know, we talk about how trauma is uh, genetic and can mm-hmm. be received yeah, that way. Yeah, genetics are real. But mm-hmm. I think that, that racism is genetic as well. So it is. I, it is. It's, it's the same. It's like so. Like um, we're slowly but surely starting to step by step get to a you know a better world where it's not. As bad as it was, well, you know, this generation isn't as bad as this generation, which wasn't mm-hmm. as bad as that generation, but it's still inherently there. Right. And uh, all it takes is that one time as a kid for, you know, your parent to be like, oh, don't go over there. That's, you know, they have brown skin. Or for you to ask, why did that person's skin dirty? Mm-hmm. Which my older yeah. sister asked as a three-year-old child in the middle of a grocery store and mm-hmm. embarrassed the shit out of my mother to where she ran off with the grocery cart because she couldn't face looking that black man in the face. Mm-hmm. Whereas she could have just been, you know, it could have been a learning moment for everybody. Like, yes. uh, so, So I think that it is inherently genetic as well and built into that as well as environmental yeah so i think it's a little bit of oh definitely definitely like i um like i like i grew up in a predominantly 
white area uh, my whole life. Um, my my folks are doing well enough to where I've always I grew up upper middle class and in Southern California that there is not too many upper middle class places where it's predominantly black mm. living that way and it's something that even if my parents didn't tell me you're beautiful and we're black and it was just something that my mother always told my sister and I mm-hmm. um, just and it was never like white's bad she's just like you're just as good this is this this is yeah. that all these things mm-hmm. that were ingrained in me that um you know when you're different even if nobody tells you Mm -hmm. so knowing those things is one thing but having the things that would happen to me by the time i was in second grade i had somebody calling me nigger at school every day jesus christ it took until i was i probably was in like eighth grade when i realized that somebody taught that person that because you don't you if we all just were born and stuck in a room we wouldn't know to to say something bad about somebody because yes. of the way that they look. You have to be taught that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so it's just like one of those things where I knew that the way I looked was different and I had reinforcements that it was okay that I was this way at home. And I had a few teachers and some friends that let me know that I was fine just the way that I was. But you just know that you're different. And I think that if there was a place where we could not have to, to have that be so prevalent that for lack of a better thing, uh, I don't know if you went through this as well, Tiffany, when did you read in the, uh, we read Tom Sawyer and school Mm -hmm. and Huck Finn and all those things. And it was just like one of those things where if it's only you, every time the word N word came, everybody in the class would stare at me. Yep. (laughs) So, It would just be things like that. And I feel like if this country had been started and done differently, it never would have been a big deal because we would have been reading books from all different types of people. Exactly. That that would have just been a word in a book rather than it carrying what it carries because the history and the things that we learn here are not inclusive. A hundred percent. There's no reason that we should have to have a Black History Month. Agreed. It should just be history. Accurate it should just history, be history. Period. Because we should just be learning all these things in class regularly. Nothing omitted. And this is not just for black people. This is for indigenous people. This is for right? Asian exactly. people. This is for um, Hispanic people. This is for anybody. We should be learning. Anybody who's here should have a piece of history in anything that we learn in school. Yep, and that we should not have to make those courses elective courses. No. They shouldn't be, you know, something else that's not taught. You know, it's not just a part of the regular curriculum. It's just othering. The way that we completely have grown up in this country has always been so othering. So you've just got like your regular white history that's going to tell you about this. There's still so much about just Native people to, you know, Native and Indigenous people that are here that I am still learning right now that I didn't know because we grew up knowing that, you know, the pilgrims and the Native Americans were friends. Yeah. And then that's and when yeah, Thanksgiving. 1492, Columbus, Ocean Blue. Yeah, they should start off with, I think things that need to change is how we teach the kids in school what they learn. Because there's absolutely no reason that it shouldn't be taught from the moment you get to school mm-hmm. that the reason that um, you know, Thomas and Billy and um, Jordan and Sally and uh, Keisha look the way that they look and it's different is because 
whomever they derived from lived in a different part of the world and they didn't get much sun in some place else. Yep. That's it. It's that simple. That's that it. takes care of just open it up with that Bill Nye. Open it up with that Bill Nye TikTok. <laughs> like we we exactly. learned so much about um, you know World War Two and the villainize you know Hitler so much because he should be villainized, but then celebrate Christopher Columbus when he did the same exact thing yeah. that Hitler was trying to achieve. <laughs> complete genocide worse. <laughs> oh yeah worse. on a global level thing, like you know? <laughs> we we learn inaccurate we, on a global level yeah it's just ridiculous yeah. and i'm right there with you um i want yeah. to i wanted to ask you something so you said you live in north carolina now but you made mention about living in chicago and in the first attempt of our recording you <laughs> talked about <laughs> tiffany as tiffany starts to cry again you started uh, talking about, you said that living in Chicago was worse for you as a black man than living in North Carolina, which really surprised me since North Carolina is in the South. It surprised me. It's, it surprised me, too. It still surprises me that um, I live next door to, to the left of me and to the right of me. I live next to cops. And uh, I have not had an issue. They are quite friendly people. Um the cop to the right of me loves my dad to death because they both were in the Marines. Mm. But I have not had any, I haven't been pulled over. Um, I've only had an adjacent run-in with the cop and it was because it was while we were on quarantine curfew and I was pushing it because I didn't want to be in the house. Oh. Um, <laughs> and he mostly just said, you know, you need to go home. But in Chicago, I had a lot of the the... The stereotypical things that happen to black men happened to me there that up until they happened, I would have said, oh, no, there had always had to have been some sort of reason why these things happened. Um, and no, if you are a black man in this country, your experience is different than any other minority mm-hmm. yeah. or, or person in this country strictly just because for some reason there is a ingrained bias that you're doing something negative no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I told you guys a story about me, you know, I've, I've spoken already about me working third shift and when I would have nights off, I would go for walks. I just, I love to walk. Um, and uh, I would go for walks there around my neighborhood and uh, I would take these walks in the middle of the night. I'd be awake. I was used to being awake. Um, at night so I would take these walks and I took a walk um, in the middle of the night and uh, got stopped by some cops asked for my ID um, and was told that somebody fitting my description and uh, my description at that time which I highly doubt was I had blue hair, a blue beard I think even my eyebrows are blue Um, (laughs) and I have uh facial tattoos Uh, i'm heavily tattooed i have piercings and they told me somebody fitting my description had just robbed a convenience store and i looked at the man i said i highly doubt that but i've just been walking around here i explained him i worked third shift and uh from looking at my id he was able to tell i lived around the corner and he was just like just for your own good maybe you should head on home so i was like all right and i did that and um once i made it to where the building was i lived in um I lived on a street that you could only drive out of the street. You couldn't drive into it. Um, I hit the corner of the building and another cop drove in, 
coming the, the down the wrong way, coming down the street, get out. It pushed me up against the building that I live in. Oh my god! Um, or attempting to handcuff me, um, not giving me a whole lot of other than like commands to be still and cooperate and shut the f up and all these things. Um, and uh, thank God that the cops who had stopped me a few minutes before that decided to that was the way they were going to leave to pass out that way and they actually probably saved me from whatever would have happened to me that's insane Um, that's like that's unfathomable to me like i just can't comprehend even experiencing that and i'm so sorry that that happened to you or even the ptsd (laughs) from that type of situation definitely was ptsd and it was one of those things that it happened in the middle of the night and um, thank God for those cops coming around there. And not a lot of people say thank God for the cops. Right. Um, <laughs> but they actually saved me. And I remember um, the way that my building was. You had to, uh, the vestibule had a key. And then you had to, two keys. And it was two doors before you could get to going up the stairs into the building. Um, it was a beautiful, older, historic building. And um, I remember going in. And just standing in the door, the vestibule for maybe like 10 minutes, just mm. trying to get my thoughts together because it it was something that had never happened to me, anything even remotely close to that right. up until that point. And um, just so many things go through your mind, but it was, it was definitely a, maybe an hour later I, I cried mm. and it was just out of just anger that this could happen to somebody and anger that I had, I had to be saved. There was nothing I could do for myself. Right. And how dehumanizing yeah. that experience. Yeah. Is. Like it was absolutely nothing that I could do for myself. And, um, I, so many thoughts go through your head after that. Like, not that I didn't believe people. I just didn't think it could be absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And that was my mistake. And it wasn't from people not telling me. My own dad had told me. And he used to tell me all the time to be careful. And I knew what he meant, but I hadn't had anything happen to me. Mm-hmm. And um, he would just always say, be careful. And, you know, and it wasn't a one of those uh, respectability bullshit black people, oh, dress the right way and do this and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't one of those, be careful. It's kind of like a just keep your eyes open and mm-hmm. always pay attention to where you are and what's going on around you for yourself, you know? Yep. Um, and I didn't really understand that until then. And um, I had four things happen to me in the five years that I lived in Chicago with Jeez. the police. And not one of them was something that happened for me doing anything. Oh, my God. Um, that makes me so mad. Like, you're... <sighs> When I think about these types of stories, like when I think about anything happening to black men, I think about like my brother, I think about you because like y'all are, I don't even like know you in person, but just the interactions that we've had, like you're such a gentle, kind person. And my brother is such a gentle, kind person. So it is just absolutely infuriating that you can just be like, 
it wouldn't even matter if you weren't. It wouldn't matter if you were like rough. It wouldn't matter if any of those things. But just thinking about that, I don't know. I feel like I project that onto like every black person that I see that goes through that because we all have the capability and the capacity, even if only other black people get to see that softness and that tenderness. I think that's what bothers me so much because I'm like, I know that there's softness and gentleness that's there that when people are exerting like this, force and this bias against them that they don't even take into account. They just see black skin and then think about us being like animals and savages yeah. and things like that. And it, it makes me feel so angry. And then it's like, what can I, think, what can I do? How do we help? You know, like it's, it's I so annoying. That what was most important to me after that happening to do for myself was to make sure that I didn't get angry. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to take that and just be like, I mean, even before that happened, I have always had a, um, I don't call cops unless I need to type right. of attitude. And I hope that I never need to. Mm -hmm. um, it is tenfold now, but I had to make sure that I just didn't get angry. Right. I think it's real easy to internalize that and just be mad. Mm -hmm. And I had to make sure that I kept my light because it was real easy to, to jump in a after about the third thing happened, it was real easy to be like, what in the fuck? And I hate everything and I hate right. everybody. And why is this happening? And I had to be conscious to be like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. Um, there's so many other things that I see and have happened that can turn you into a person that gets angry and mad. And I think if, if anything that I take from all that's happening and all that has happened is that there's one simple thing that people that push back against Black Lives Matter or, oh, you must be lying, you did something because cops don't just do that. And, you know, the Blue Lives Matter feeling people and all this type of stuff is the fact that if Black people really were as bad as you think they are and wanted to do things, we'd be trying to get revenge. We just want to be equal. Right. Like, they need to worry if people start wanting to, to be angry. That's what I'm and, saying. And nobody has been there. And I don't want to be angry. I just mm -hmm. want to be treated like everybody else. Right. Yeah. Regardless. Well, Brand, I, I feel like you're asking for a whole lot. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> I, I, and that's just it. Like, like we've touched on, like we touched on in the prior recording. I just, as much as I'm happy about people's eyes being opened and, and so many people having a different perspective. And I, and it sucks that it took, uh, COVID-19 to have people sitting in their house to have the time to realize that George Floyd wasn't the beginning for a lot of people um, but it was a realization for a lot of people because mm -hmm. they had the time that a realization isn't a change and I'm sad that I don't have enough positivity to put toward that they were going to have an actual change but I am glad that people can see a little better now mm -hmm. it's not so dark Right. You know, but you know, I'm I'm I don't want to be pessimistic. I just don't know if I'm fully invested in this is going to be the change that we need. I can completely yeah. empathize with that. I have a very yeah. realistic output. And sometimes that yeah. can come across as pessimism, but at the same time you're just like, We have all of this data and this data is patterns of behavior through time and what like, that indicates we've is We've been telling y'all this for years. <laughs> right. And you're just now starting yeah. to see. Yeah. And I think you I think you guys are right that it's not just gonna change overnight. It's gonna take 
um, you know, we might not see the change in our lifetime. It might be the next, you know, mm-hmm. next go round uh, that where I, we start I to think, see a little uh, bit of it. Gen Z's gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was I briefly talked about having a discussion with my best friend, and I was saying, you know, what the change is gonna be. There's you can't hate people that you love, mm-hmm. and at this point, there are so many people. Um, I hate saying mixed race, mixing races, but that's what's happening. And at some point, you're going to have somebody in your family that looks like the people you say you don't like. Yeah, it's real hard to hate somebody that you love. Mm-hmm. And when everybody's beige, then mm-hmm. it's not going to be a problem. Yep. You know, that's going to get eliminated. There'll be some other things like hoping that the earth is still around because we've torn it up too. So right. um, things like that to to keep people divisive but it's hard to hate somebody you love or somebody that you care about Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure that there's people that and you know in your family that when you got married Tiffany you they had to think a little differently about some of the things they were doing and 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 how they were going to move at least when she was around 100% and same from my side Mm -hmm. yeah so you know, those are the changes, the little changes that change people. You know? mm-hmm. So uh, I think things like that can definitely change how somebody sees things when, when oh. you love somebody who looks like what you thought you didn't love. It It's an eye opener. Oh, for yeah. sure. And like my parents, I've already mentioned they're old. And, uh, you know, once Tiffany came around and you know, all of the Black Lives Matters movement started again, and even the riots and stuff starting, and then the curfews being put into place. You know, Tiffany was grocery shopping for my parents, and my mom was so nervous about something Mm -hmm. happening to her during that. And my mom, bless her heart, she told Tiffany that if a police officer pulled her over to just tell them to hang on a minute so that she could call her mom, and my mom would drive down there and get her. I was like, Mom, that's Wonderful. not, bless you. Oh, you're so sweet. But that's, that's not, not how, how that's going to work. <laughs> like, I might be able to get away with that. But <laughs> Tiffany, sure cannot. Right. <laughs> but see, but it's, but it's where her heart was at. Oh, absolutely. And, and like, her and mind's what, more open to that. Those are the that. changes that, yes, those are the changes that need to happen when people have something emotionally invested in something like that mm-hmm. that's the change that happens and you can tell when people don't yep just you know it sounds corny it's real Lenny Kravitz sounding <laughs> but people when you love somebody and you have that shared love and it's inherent and you can't help it it's real hard it's real hard to dislike what you what you love yeah you know, like it just it just is you know? that's like a good parallel and, uh, with what i just you know was saying about seeing the softness and the love in that because i'm black exactly. like y'all are my family that's what it is that i see in y'all so it's gonna take exactly. us being a part of these different communities and these different families for people to view us all that way it's exposure yeah. that's really gonna be what changes that it's gonna mm-hmm. be you know like you said people having you know melanated people in yeah. their family melanated people yeah. in their social circles melanated people that exactly. are in their proximity for them to really be invested that's what the issue is we don't have enough white people that have stake in people of color and in black yep. people that's what the problem is exactly exactly because yeah. if if they did if it was more than i have i have a friend then right it would it would be def- 
definitely be different. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's um, exactly where I'm at mm-hmm. this go round. Um, you know, when Black Lives Matter movement first started, I was one of those people that was like, well, I don't really get it. Like, why are y'all upset? Mm-hmm. And now yeah. I completely understand. Mm-hmm. But it's because I do have skin in the game because you are my wife. And mm-hmm. I'm like, if anything happened to you, I would fucking set the world on fire Mm -hmm. that type nine would be out the fucking window it'd be over type one would come out and you know just light that shit up like it's not and but that's the i i guarantee you though that's the only reason that like my eyes are as open as they are Mm -hmm. so so you guys are absolutely right and on point about fucking everything usual and i mean like and i don't fault you for that being the way that it is like like i said you don't inquire about things that don't affect you. It exactly. just—it's a human nature. It isn't even a oh, I'm you know you're living in a bubble thing. No, like if you were, it's because why did you need to go outside of that bubble if you if it wasn't about to pop? Mm-hmm. Like I mean, it just—that's just human nature. Um, human nature also is wanting to learn more about things once you are aware. So, exactly. Um, if we could get people to want to be aware to learn things, I think that we would be a lot better off and. Like I was saying before, I think it's going to start with as soon as kids hit school or um, if you homeschool, one of the first things you teach is that differences aren't bad. Mm-hmm. That's just that's it's just the way that things are. It's yes. not bad. Different is not bad. And I think that for so long here in this country, we have decided that teaching one narrative worked for so long because nobody pushed back, really. Right. You know, because the people that could push back um, weren't. There's a podcast that I think it's called Good White Parents or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's wild. It's um, it's a really good listen if you can listen to it. I, I hope that I have the name right. Um, I don't want to. I think I have the app open for the Zoom and I don't want to close out of it. And, oh, uh, that's disconnect. okay. Um, I'll, I'll find it um, and I'll link it in the description box. Yeah, but it's a really, really great podcast. Uh, podcast and it's what it's about was i think in the early 90s there was a school being built and it was going to be built in a predominantly black area but this group of white parents got together and said here build it here so that we can have our kids go and bring these black kids in and they can all go to school together Mm -hmm. and they really pushed for these white parents but then once the school opened none of the white parents sent their kids there (laughs) what and I'll just leave it there. But when you listen to it, it's really great. Um, oh. It's by the people who did Serial. Yeah. And, um, it, and uh, when I tell you, it is a listen. But it definitely will get you in the mind of where people who have good intentions have ingrained prejudices. You know, mm-hmm. like that's where that came from. The idea to do it that way was this is going to be great for everybody. But at the end of the day, they really didn't want their kids going to school with Mm. those black kids okay yeah i'm excited to give that a listen allison just looked it up you did have the name correct. yeah it's, okay yeah it's uh yeah i think that anybody who who listens to your podcast would it would, it would definitely be it's an educational thing and it isn't like one of those things where somebody should beating on black folks or beating on white folks it's it's done very well and it's yeah. an amazing listen and i and i learned some things and i was just like this is one of those things that gets people to see that their perspectives can be a little different, but they didn't even know it until somebody points it out. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I'm excited. Um, oh, I love yeah. the podcast. Right yeah. Now. Yes. <laughs> but, um, uh, 
I heard the alarm go off about 10 minutes ago. Oh, okay. that's my that's, time to feed yeah. the puppy alarm. Been, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. And I hope that you're able to put something together that's, you know, has a point to it because we've kind of veered left and right and all over the place. But I've uh, it's been an awesome enjoyed discussion. this conversation. No, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah, okay. All right, my love. Well, we have talked your ear off for now about 30 years. Um, <laughs> will you let the no, honeybees okay. know? <laughs> where would you like to be found on social media? Um, I mean, just so you guys know, it's really, if you find me on social media, I'm only on Instagram. It's uh, only underscore brand Pharrell. Um, you go visit over there, you're only going to see me and some fruit sometimes. So <laughs> just a heads up. <laughs> I juice and that has saved my life. And uh, it's really only brand Pharrell mostly. It's very, very, very general yeah. and literal. It's usually just pictures of me. Uh, that's where the vanity jumps out. So, yes, um, and it's awesome. There, I really enjoy your feed. Like, it's super aesthetic. I love it. Um, <laughs> just if you're one of those people that is really creepy like I am and you just like selfies and smiles, like this is the account for you. <laughs> and then I also like that you chronicle like when you get a new modification done, like yeah. you always do a post about that. So I really enjoy your yeah. feed. So, I love yeah. all of your modifications. Yeah, so. I think they're great. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, so come on over and see it, Juice. Uh, I show some fruit sometimes in me, um, but I'm very friendly, and I'll get back to everybody who DMs me, uh, even if it takes me all day. I will be having, I have like 40 I need to get back to now, but I always get back to everybody. I feel like if you take the time to write me, I'm going to write you back. No, you're so sweet. Thank you so much again for doing this podcast with us. I will get with you later on. Um, If there are resources that you would like to share, we can um, sort that out in a little bit and we can add those details in the description box. And we'll always have links to resources for our listeners, books to read, text, um, just any type of resources we could provide for how to be a better ally, how to donate to bailout funds and educational resources as well. Um, Brand, thank you again so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yes. Honeybees, you guys know that yeah, you can I follow. Yeah, I feel like I made, I made some new friends and that yeah. makes me happy. So. Best friends. Thank you. Oh, yes. and honeybees, <laughs> you guys know that you can follow us on Instagram at sweetesthoney.love. You can follow us on Twitter at sweetesthoneypod. And you can also email us, email us at any time. Let us know if you like the format, the feels that you have about the Black Lives Matter miniseries. Um, if anything speaks to you, if you'd like to share a story, we would love to hear from you. That email address is info at sweetesthoney.love. And until next time, you guys, we love you guys. Be safe, wear your masks. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.